0: Welcome to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, where we talk all things good food, good business, and good cars. And now, here is your host, Arnold Gasita, founder and CEO of Petra Automotive Products.
1: Let's roll.
0: We have an exciting show for you today. A good, good friend of mine, I would say almost like a brother, God like a brother, um, and one of the first guys that got me into business Stephen Burns,
1: thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for being on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for the yeah. show. Now, when I you, we were talking about hair earlier, when I first met you, you did have black hair. Well, it was it was dark brown, but yes, yes dark yes, brown. Yes, okay, yes, it was yeah. yeah. So it's it like being, it's like being president. Eight years later, it's called, you know, it all goes gray. Chris, you you met me when I was bald, I think I believe, but you know, but Dar- I've, seen, I've seen pictures. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Thirty-three years in this, you know, it's there's a there's a head full of hair
1: in uh, previous pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So listen, you are um, you are a car guy, right? Would you say that? I think you're a car guy. I'll say born, raised in it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your what is your dream car that you want in the Stephen Burns
1: garage? I would say. Um, a 1994 Porsche 964 Turbo. 94, okay, so why? It was huh? the car in Bad Boys, <laughs> right? Okay. And that was that was a year, I was a junior in high school when that movie came out, and that was the car that Will Smith drove, and it beat the Shelby. I was always a Porsche fan, and it just, that is the car. Of all the places you've traveled, or maybe haven't traveled, what, what is the place that you want to go to, or have been that's your favorite place to go? I feel like I've traveled a lot but I've never been to Europe, never been to Asia, so I don't have a lot of experience overseas. I would say there's so much to see in the United States and what we have to offer, or in the North America as a whole, I think it's gonna take me a lot of time to even get through that. But if I had to pick a place that's my favorite today, I would say anywhere in the Rocky Mountains, especially in that Elk mountain Mm -hmm. range. What's your favorite food? Top of the list, I'm going barbecue. Barbecue's your go-to place. I know, we're at a barbecue place. You know, I like the hole in the walls, the little spots. Uh, you know, you've got somebody who really cares about the meat and how they prepare it, and, and it just—you uh, can tell that the owners are sitting there working behind the counter, serving the food. All right, let's talk about the Stephen Burns story. Okay. So you were born where? A little town called Bernice, Actually, I take it back. I was born in El Dorado, Arkansas. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we lived at the time. We lived in Bernice, Louisiana. Which is a tiny, tiny town in north Central uh, Louisiana. It's about 15 miles from the Arkansas state, state line. And um, you know I think my mom's doctor was there that day in Eldredo, and that's where we ended up. <laughs> All right, so what was your first job? Well, I had lots of jobs, um, but you know, probably before a teenager, you know, uh, working in mowing yards around, the, around town. Okay. Um, you know I, we, had, we lived in a little street. Uh, that I could go next door and and mow the lady's yard, Miss Hollis, You know, she she paid me the ten bucks to come mow the yard, and my dad let me use all the equipment. And then I ended up there was a cemetery about half a mile down the road, and I ended up making a bid for the cemetery and got awarded from the city the opportunity to go mow that. How cemetery. old were you? Let's see. At that time, I was probably uh, twelve or thirteen. So at twelve or thirteen, you get awarded this the city. Contract. Well, I didn't know how much the bid. So obviously, I underbid. <laughs>
0: But you got the deal. I, got, I got and You're the deal. learning it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I ended up getting my our, our church. I ended up getting a little small church. It's you know was uh, started back in the 1800s, and, and you know we had um, had that cemetery, and then when you know when I could when I could drive, or I mean even before then, my dad would take me out there because I won that contract as well, and so I started doing that. And that's, that's how I did it. That's a great story. That's yeah. a great story. All right. So you graduated from high school. Graduated my high school, did in that summer. Um, you know, I really didn't know what to do. I was kind of thinking about college, not thinking about college. You know, I kind of had this, uh, I played baseball, loved baseball in high school. And I kind of thought, well, I could go, you know, try out for, you know, college team and do some things. And and I don't know, I just kind of took a step back. And, and I told my mom and dad, hey, I want to take a, a, you know, a little bit of time, maybe just the summer and just think about it and what I was going to do. My mom said, well, you got to do, you know, you got to do something so just come get in the car business. And so that's where I started selling cars in the summer of June of '98, and you were 18. I was 18. So you started selling cars June of '98. Yep. 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And tell me, how did it go? It went good. I had a really good sales manager. But now keep in mind this. So you didn't know the business. First time you're selling cars. Let's see. I didn't know the. I didn't know the business. But my mom started in the car business in 1975. And she was a, uh, she went in as a, right out of high school, or started her senior year actually. And she was a account receivable, accounts payable person back in 1975. She worked her way up into like, uh, I think it was like 81 or 82, where she moved into an office manager position. And um, she went from, from uh, this one dealer called Proust Motor Company, to which they, they were in, been operation forever, you know, in, in Farmerville, Louisiana. And then she left there and went to Joe Mallard in Ruston. And so, was, in my memory, it was always Joe Mallard and Rustin. Um, but she stayed with Joe Mallard until um, he passed away in 2018,
0: 2019. So, uh, so you heard. You grew up knowing a little bit about the car business. Oh
1: yeah I, I, yeah, I grew up. I grew up going to the. I grew up going to the dealership a lot. We'd spend Saturdays when we were cooking out, going up there, and the. You know, they were involved in the monster truck races, we'd go up there and hang out. So yeah, yeah I knew everybody. Uh, so you had okay. a feel
0: for it and a taste for it. But but you personally, your first job as salesman, you really don't know the process of selling cars, et cetera. So you have the sales manager that's teaching you. How long did you sell cars? Say five years. Five years? Yeah. How good were you at it? I was okay. Really? Yeah. I was okay. I wasn't expecting that answer.
1: Really? No, I thought you were gonna say you were good. Uh, it depends on what good is. In today's standards, with what I consider good, I was I was not there. I was not the thirty car. You know, could that dealers course. could that dealership support five people selling thirty cars? We had some people that would hit the in the mid twenties or thirties. Yeah, we had some people. Now, I was I was more focused on the, on the pre owned side. I wasn't on the new car side at the time when I started. But you know what I what I, what I learned was I had a. Um, I had a sales manager who sat me down, and and back then there was like this invoice book, right? It had a big, thick book and had all the invoices in it from everything that was sold. And so he gave me a list of salespeople. Um, Those list of salespeople that he gave me, he said, look, look at the invoice. If the salesperson's not here any longer, call them, tell them you're their new salesperson, ask them if they need anything. It was very simple. I think the first month I was there, I sold 14 cars or whatever it was, and and I made 6,700 bucks. Well, $6,700. Yeah, back then, 18, come on. I was 18 years old. My friends were working, you know, all this, you know, $2 an hour at the local, you know, restaurant. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is what I need to do. And that's all I did was focused on customer service. So did you
0: kind of follow everything he was telling you to do? Or did you have some Stephen Burns creative way of, you know what, I think I'm going to sell cars this way.
1: Yeah, I, I did, uh, but it backfired. Okay, what was it? Um, we had our Christmas party in December-ish, and a guy came in, uh, he wanted to look at this Lincoln Mark 8, if anybody remembers that, it's a two-door, mm-hmm. yeah. you, you know, the uh, kind of fancy Lincoln, and you know, I was always taught to go on a certain, go on the uh, test drive and do it a certain way, and you know, this time I decided I was gonna do something different, it was a Lincoln Mark 8, when you get on the interstate, when you do some things. So we get on the interstate and the guy gets to 120, 125 miles an hour, I, you know, I was like, hey, look, we need to slow down, and pulled off. And uh, we got back to the store, and I was always taught, hey, make sure they pull into this parking spot. And so I didn't do that. I let him park where he wanted to park. When I went to get out of the door, he kicked me out of the door and stole the car. Oh, so, my God. And uh, so I've been in the business, you know, five months, five and a half months, six months, and now I've got a car that's now been stolen. No um, kidding. Yeah, yeah. So I go to the—I'm devastated, right? I don't know how to—you know, you don't have to— T- what's yeah. going to happen I'm you're losing my job you're how you going know? to tell the boss that this guy just yeah covered. yeah yeah but anyway they ended up uh, we, we ended up they ended up laughing about it and you know called the police and, and uh, they ended up finding the car that night uh, almost in New Orleans um, so it was a, you know we got the car back what an experience I think I actually sold that car <laughs> I remember the second time so next time you parked in the right place I parked in the right place <laughs> yeah that's there's a reason, there's a method to the madness. All right, so you did that for five years. Mm-hmm. What's your next position? You know, I, I kind of had a, a little bit of all the positions in sales. You know, we did the internet sales, and internet was just, just kind of coming into that time, you know, where you could list the cars and make books and do the things. Um, then so, I got. So what, when you say you did different positions within sales, tell yeah, me. Yeah, like this year, you know, like it's, it's, again, I was a you know, salesperson, and I was um, assistant sales manager, you know, kind of floor manager, um, and then moved into. Uh, you know, internet sales and kind of starting that up again. That was really early in the internet days, ninety nine, two thousand. But then I got an opportunity to go into finance. And that is, in my opinion, where I felt like I was at home. It was the a pivotal moment for you. It was a pivotal moment. It was it was it was where math and O C D kinda of meshed. <laughs> okay. And that's perfect for me. I like I like I like I like the I like the cleanliness of it. I like the organization of the of the finance office. Um, I like problem solving, which is all you do in the finance office. So I liked it. It was kind of my my spot. State as finance manager or any other position within the finance? You know, I I kind of there was a couple like finance director-ish roles I would say that I that I had. Not um, it was not something that was that was labeled, but it was in that position. So see, you know, business has kind of changed since back then where now we've got sales managers that you know, really kind of take over the deal, and they submit the deal, and they work the deal for the customer. And you've got your finance managers who really job today is to manage the paperwork and you know bump the customer a little bit as far as hey But that's a, that's that's it. It's um it's kind of changed. You know, back back then when I was in it, sales manager would just get the customer to close, well, yeah, and they would it, give it, me a deal.
0: Right, and and the customers today say, may walk Thank in. You. Right, you know, that's, and customers today may walk in with financing that they got from online banking. Mm-hmm. 100%. Where back then, they were depending on the dealer yep. to finance the vehicle. Sure. What, so the finance had to work a little bit, I think, more. I, I, yeah, I think so. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, There's well, probably going to be some people that
1: disagree. But I, I I'm, I think I'm with you. I'm with you. But, and everybody has your opinion, but I do think I do the think, finance role has changed. There used yeah. to be subprime back then where you had dedicated subprime departments because it was a whole different deal. So, yeah. I mean, people can literally get their
0: phone out now and get three offers on finance and you walk into a dealership. Walk in. That definitely wasn't around then. No, it was not, you know. And so back then, the finance manager had to be the one through a fax machine or whatever yep. that was getting those three deals for the consumer. Yep. So you know, as we as we look at at sales and finance, what what would you say when you were in sales was one of the most
1: the greatest moments of you as a car salesman? That's that's a tough question. The greatest moment would be the that first month. Being nervous, uh, not really knowing what's gonna happen, but trusting someone that's gonna lead me through this process. I think that is the finishing that first month where it was self pride was the probably the greatest one. Yeah, and gave that first check that you go, wow, this is this is a little is bit real. better
0: than what my friends are making. Yeah. All right, what's the best thing that happened as you were a finance manager, Corey, finance?
1: I think the best thing that happened to me in finance was I met some really, really, really great people who became friends and mentors and peers that helped me get to the next level. What's the worst thing that happened in finance?
0: Um, But when you thought, you know, I mean, there's gotta be something. I mean, you're bad in, 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 in selling a car, your bad one was somebody sold a car.
1: I mean, there may be other bad ones, but that's one of them. That was one of them. Well, yeah. You know, again, it's like, you know, you okay. So let's. I look at things a lot in positive sense, and the guy that stole the car was trying to get to his family for Christmas. So, get it, bad, but he was doing something that was he thought was was good for him. thank you I'm not saying that you know, but no, I know, I
0: know. You know Listen, what I'm saying? But one of the
1: great things about
0: knowing you and getting to know you is that. You give people the benefit of the doubt, not twice, a hundred times. Don't ever change. You're well respected for so many reasons. that one of the one of the neat things about Stephen Burns is that, chance after chance, try after try, you give people that. So I can see you saying. Look, everybody has a different situation. You know, you didn't look at it bad. And, and that's great. Look,
1: I, I love He made that. a bad choice. He made a bad choice. Was, like, it was a wrong choice. He was choice. trying to see his family, but I, and that's I, a positive. <laughs> so I don't know, you know? So All right, but, but going back to finance, I'm not sure there really ever, there was, any, there was any negative thing that I could pull out or bad thing that happened. I mean, there was a lot of times where you wanted to help a customer, and you just couldn't. Okay, so nine years in, finance, what's the next thing you do? So the next thing is I get an opportunity to interview for a corporate finance position that is uh, over 18 stores. So um, a friend of mine who uh, lives in Houston got me the interview. Um, I go sit down with the uh, I think there was four operational partners and kind of the main you know, partner of, 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 of all the stores and I oversold myself. Um, and I got the job. And the same day that I got offered the job, it was actually that night when, when the email came through that, that I got the job and it was all done, you know, I sat there for probably an hour just kind of staring at the screen. And uh, at the you know, at the time I was I was talking to my uh, my girlfriend at the time and we were we were we were going through it and, and she said it's a great opportunity. I said, I know, but I don't want to let this person down. So I emailed back and said, I politely declined. I think I've oversold myself and I don't want to let you down. And uh, that was it. So I think it was a, a day yeah, or so. so. Did, did the person say, OK? He, do they said, come after he, you he says I understand. I really appreciate it and, and, and uh, wish you best. And so I think it was a day or two later that I called another friend of mine. And, and I said, hey, he, well, and I was talking about it. And he said, hey, did you get the, the job? I said, yeah, I did, but I, I mean, I can't take this job. He goes, why not? And when I explained to him my reasoning behind not taking the job, he said, "You call that man back. You apologize, take the job, and go do what I know you can do." And that was a pivotal, pivotal thing in my career, that because he, pu- he he pushed me into that position, and I did, man. I got in there and just worked. And so when you worked. called the guy
0: back, he was it. He said, "Yeah, I'll give you the job anyway." 100%. Although you called me and told me.
1: You know, because well, I, I, I called him and I say, listen, you know, I, I I declined it because, you know, of the of, of the reason. I didn't I didn't I did not want to let you down. I really enjoyed the conversation. I didn't want anybody down. Okay. It. But if the the opportunity's still there, I would like to I'd like to follow through with it. And uh, he said he said yes, it's still there. cheers if you want it. And that was it. That was that was when it that was when I jumped into it. And and that one guy ran. that said,
0: you should take it. Mm-hmm. Call that guy back. And, and take it. Still talk to him today. Still a great friend. Look, I, and I think, and I can see you again, your, your humbleness. I can see where you would say, look, I, I don't know if I'm ready and I don't want to let anybody down, um, but you have more talent that you know. You you know some of your talent, but you have more talent than you know. Yeah, but, but and, I think, I, and even then I would say that you have more talent than you know today.
1: But I think early on trying to figure that out, there's people that, and they, 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 they step up and they have confidence from day one, right? And then there's people that you got to kind of push a little bit. And I think at the time, I was one of those people that maybe needed a little push to say, hey, look, you're missing, you're not giving yourself enough credit to go do something. And that's surrounded it. yourself by the right people
0: yes. that were able to do that. Because you could surround yourself with people that will say, yeah, man, don't take that. You're going to be, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's just going to be, yeah, <laughs> you're easy. Be, yeah. <laughs> you know, stick with what you know. Um, but you had the right people around you that said, no. You can do it. Call them up. Let's take this chance. We can make it happen. Yeah, and I, I did. I, I did. That's great. All right, so you take, the, you take the opportunity.
1: What's next? So I take the opportunity. This is 2007. I just go to work. 2008, 2009 yet. <laughs> right? So That's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. But I think it couldn't have come in a better time. Because I was in the position where I could give 100% of me... to try to help figure this out and um you know we had in the group at the time we had we had 18 stores um we had a great leader who he was me me and him were very close right um he was he was uh he was nervous he was scared at the time but he made the decisions and he ran this thing hard. And we had great operational partners that were in the stores that were that were grinding every day. We had great GMs in the stores and I mean everybody was pushing to get through 08 and 09 and we did. We had some bumps and bruises, but we got through pretty much clean on the other side. But we all we all grinded on that.
0: Okay, so you get through it. Yeah, we get through it and, and that takes leadership of the right people. Not everybody got
1: through it you get through it yep so you got the right people you got the right team what's next after that we kind of i kind of saw this opportunity as uh, you know how do we reorganize the finance office how do we really step up our game how do we get in that in the numbers that we're seeing nationally in these big public groups and um so we did that we went to work putting together the products and the processes and everything so once that happened the we had such a good success in the group i think the group Again, the, the partners believed in this vision, everybody believed in the vision, and it, it kind of started in this big up curve, this big hockey stick basically of, of, of growth. And it, it, it created an opportunity for us to create a company that was now basically servicing all these stores. So I still kind of had this corporate role, but I had it on, we we actually owned the company that was kind of servicing these stores. So we created the JM&As of the world and and those Zurichs of the world internally. And it was kind of this incubator that kept feeding itself. And so that was in 2010 when that happened. And you took the key role there, right? Mm -hmm. You took the key role there. Yep, I was a CEO, partner, they gave me some stock in the the company. I was super nervous to do it, you know, Uh, but we did it and, we ran that company until 2022, pretty decent exit with it. and, um, and that's, that's that's when I met you shortly after, maybe a year
0: or two after that, right? I think it was 11 or 12, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 We met in 2010. 2010? No, tw- tw- we met in 2009. Okay. Or 2010. When I mean, did you? 2010. Okay, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were freshly into that kind of. We had just kind of started it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And so you did that for how long? Well, we had the business, that 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 particular business for 10, uh, 10 years-ish, you know, a little, little bit more. Which was an incredible success. Yeah, we had uh, we built up a, a really good business that was, uh, again, later acquired by a national company and
0: had an exit program. An
1: exit program. <laughs> All
0: right, let's talk about some of the other stuff because you're, you're one of the, and you and I have done a couple of deals together, but... You are a great entrepreneur involved in so many things. How many businesses do you own
1: today? You know, I think if you go back and look at uh, last couple tax returns and count K-1s, I mean, it's north of 30. Yeah. Um, It's a lot. It's it's too much to keep up with. But you keep up with it. I keep up with it. What's I got, your secret to keep up with it? I got a board. I got a board that I write it on. I have no, there's no There's no magic to it. It's just uh, Old fashioned way, board. It's the, old- it's the old fashioned way, man. I got a board and a big uh, expo marker. I just take <laughs> off. Um, and a
0: long Excel spreadsheet. Long Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> so in those 30 businesses, you've acquired more or less within the last 10 years, right? Yeah. I think it was just uh, how many have
1: you how many have you sold in the last 10 years? The the group grew to 34, 35 stores over 6 states during this time when when, when I became a partner in this sub company. It gave me the opportunity to be in other things inside the group. And so I was able to invest and become a partner in 10 stores inside the group. Uh, and then a lot of various other companies that kind of again had this incubator type feel that, that happened inside the group. Um, now we had exit to all of our operational partners in 21 with that group. Um, so you count those 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 10 stores. I've I've sold nine of the 10 stores. Um, you know, and then some other businesses that we've got we've we've, we've obviously sold or some real estate deals that we've asked sold, but. I think those have all been replaced, and I think I still am north of 30 in the investment side. Uh, but we've had some pretty good exits. I mean, do you see yourself any exiting the investment, being part of things ever? I don't think so. You know, the investments are, are anywhere from a multifamily uh, piece of real estate, um, where we're very small partners, or just you know just kind of sit back and watch all that kind of happen, all the way to. Uh, a company that you know, there's a lot of automotive space in between, a lot of auto, automotive software companies and different things in between there, but all the way to the other side where we're servicing uh, about 40,000 businesses across the country in uh, high school sports. So it's a massive range. So I don't think I'll ever stop investing, and I know, and I know again, knowing you and because I do have some ex- exits on the horizon.
0: <laughs> you have you have a humble. Attitude always. I mean, extremely smart, but you're good at this um, portfolio—a wide portfolio of different entities—and and and working through the years to make those entities, you know, extremely successful, successful, and in some cases even with a mix-up program, right?
1: Yeah. And so, um, what what do what do you think is giving you that ability? I've been asked this question a lot. How do you get all of this? And I think I don't meet a stranger, right? So when I do meet somebody, I always try to get their information, ask them what they do. I'm kind of I'm really in, you know, interested in what they do, right? And that's led me to sitting at the table with people that have an opportunity. And then I think you have to not be scared to ask. So, you know, coming up in the business, I was never scared to ask a mentor um, or a peer, somebody that that may have been aligned with me, or someone that may have been uh, worked for me. Um, guidance, um, you know, what's give me, you know, give me some you know, guidance on this piece. Um, at, you know, ask them for what's the opportunity here, what's the opportunity, you know, what kind of help with? Uh, is there an investment possible? And so all these questions, as you ask, I ask probably, you know, I ask lots of people about investments or opportunities that say there's really not any right now, but. I ask a lot to say, yeah, we, we're looking for something. And then it enables you to go look and see if there's something you want to do. Um, it's interesting, last night, just last night, we we're at the Mavs game, Mavs and Sons. <clears throat> a guy walks up behind me and says hello. And and I, I've, I've known this guy for years, but, you know, we we talk business, but very not a lot. But he mentioned that he was going to live in South Africa for um, a couple months uh, wouldn't see his family. And when he came back, he had, the, had, a, he had somebody he was starting to work on. And so I said, man, congratulations. Look, I'd love to go to South Africa one day. We had a quick conversation. We went to our seats. When I sat down, I picked up my phone and said, hey, listen, man, I'd love to see your opportunity when you got back. Maybe there's an investment or maybe there's something you're looking for. And he said, man, I'd love to talk to you. So it's just those little pieces that enable you to uh, to grow. I think that's
0: great advice. Never, there's no stranger. You've never met a stranger. And, and it's networking.
1: It's networking. Right? It's, it's not, because it's, that
0: that that stranger, that that <clears throat> that non-stranger that you just met for the first time, that could become your friend, could have an investment or a deal that's good for you, or he may know somebody who's looking for something.
1: Yeah, maybe that's networking. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an, I'll give you another example. So go, we'll go back uh, probably four or five years ago. Me and my wife took a trip and we go to to go to Miami, stay at the one hotel, beautiful hotel. I recommend it. Is this the one that where you asked me what to do
0: as far as Cuban food and
1: all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you did none of the stuff that I told you to do? No, I did. I was little, <laughs> well, we went, well, I, well I, maybe I did We went to La Trova. You, you told me about yeah, La Trova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cafe La Trova is yeah. fantastic. With the little band singing. Yep, Yeah. Yep. No, it's fantastic. We should do this in Cafe La Trova. You should do that. That'd That's a good idea. All right. But, we, but we're sitting at the one hotel. We walk in after dinner, and um, it's packed. There's nowhere to sit down. But there's this couch, and it's got two... Like, we, me and her could sit. She might have to sit on half my leg, but we could sit down at this couch, and we sit down on the couch. And I start, we started talking to the people around us and end up meeting this guy named Mick. Um, well, I ended up getting Mick's contact information. Mick was a nice guy. But end up he works for Goldman Sachs, um, and we had you know some business stuff we talked about, but it was not anything like, hey, whatever. But I walked in the house, this is recently, maybe three or four months ago, and I was on the phone, and I got on the phone, and my wife said, Who are you talking to? And I said, Oh, I was talking to Mick. She goes, Mick, see a Mick from Miami? And she said, You still keep up with that guy. And I said, Yes, that's cultivating a relationship. When he comes into Dallas, he, he calls me, we go to dinner. Um, it's just a nice, but I think that is the key to growing a good circle that presents opportunities, yeah. circle of influence. So
0: if, 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 if somebody's listening to this and going, you know, I'm thinking about getting into the automotive business or any kind of business. They just they want to be in business. Or, or, or just, they're gonna get their first job. What, what is the advice that you would give these young people? I think you have to have a mentor that wants to see you succeed. So, does that mean find a job or start a career somewhere where somebody's going to put you under their wing? Someone that you
1: know somewhere is going to give you that that support because you're going to run into things that and you don't know. What the to knowledge, do. right? Because and a mentor pass passes the knowledge, right? Yeah, I think that's that to me. That's the best advice I could give. Like if you're going into a, if you're going into a, you can go sell cars anywhere, right? You can walk into a dealership tomorrow and find a job selling cars. Somebody's going to give you a job. But there are places and people in the automotive industry that when that salesperson walks in that door for a job. They want to make that person successful because making that person successful gives them a little bit more success, which starts building the whole team. You'll you'll walk into a lot of dealerships where the salesperson, the first day, they don't they don't tell them what to do, they don't give them any information, they don't give them no help, and it's a kind of a revolving door. But I think that goes in any business. Find the person that you're comfortable with that's going to help lift you up to succeed. What should you run away from? It? You should run away from the people that don't want you to succeed. There's always gonna be that person that blames it on luck or says it's all luck. Some of it is, but it's the right opportunity, right time. But they always, or luck, it's always about what you got versus what they got. It's those people are not the people that you want to associate with. And if you're trying to build and
0: grow. I'm gonna ask you two things. What is one thing that changed your life in a positive way? And then what is one thing that that wasn't
1: good that you learned a lot from. There's one point and that I can really think about that I think is a, was a failure is that we had uh, we, we were <clears throat> I had this partner in the automotive business and we were out buying stores, right? And we had we had grown from one store to two stores and the two stores were fine and we were managing those two stores and he was doing a really good job. And then we got an opportunity to buy um a sec a third and fourth store and at the same time this fifth store kinda of popped in and then quickly we got this opportunity for the sixth store. And I think we were having so much success in the one and two stores that we ran too quick and I think that was the biggest failure point of mine. It cost us a lot of money and in, in, in that in that yeah you tripled your rooftop. Yeah, you tripled it over, overnight and you didn't have the people. Um, you didn't have the people to, that supported you. You didn't have the, the right processes in place, and it just kind of—I'm not going to say it imploded because it didn't. We, we kept all the stores, and the stores are still operational today. But it, it caused—it caused an issue between me and what I considered, you know, a friend um, in the business, and it was because we were just—we were just—we grew too, too fast. fast. So I would say that sometimes you need to take a step back, and just because an opportunity presents itself doesn't mean you have to act on it. It's okay so, to say no.
0: So growing true fanost is a problem. It's a problem. At least if you don't have the right people.
1: Yeah, if you created a uh, this thing, if you go, if you go create a product, right? Uh, and you know this in your business, if you go create a product, That's and the, tomorrow that product uh, you accept a big deal, and that product just blows up, and you can't provide the product in the time that you promised, it's a it's a bad thing. Bad thing. Right.
0: So it's it's got to be. A, and you lose the momentum on it, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so what's the what's the one good thing, the one thing that changed Stephen Burns' life,
1: other than meeting me, other than meeting you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go back to people. I'm going to go back to my mentor, and the one thing that changed change my life completely, he put me on a whole different path, is when that one person said, "You can do it." All that guy back? No, 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 not oh, him. Not that one. Okay. Not him. You know, I think he, he was a very pivotal point. I think okay, that not was him. Yeah, but he, he pushed me into taking the job, a job, a position, a position. Because he knew that I could do it. Right. But when I got there, there was a person that was there that every time that I felt like I couldn't do something, he was right there to push me to say, yes, you can. And I think that's how I He pushed me. You know, support of family, too. My mom, dad, wife, kids, everybody was supportive. So I think that's a pivotal point, you know, that every time you still... He'll call my dad and go, hey, what do you think about this? He's still a positive guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, That's cool. Family's important. Family's important.
0: And having that right the right people in your life that tell you you can do this and push you and believe in you, sometimes more than you, for sure, yeah. every every time. Well, Stephen, thank you for being with us, man. <laughs> I it. yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's very easy. It's very easy. Thank you for listening to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, your main source for all things good and fun, business, food, and cars. If you like this episode, make sure to rate us and subscribe. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please leave a message at the link below. Till next
1: time, happy eating.